0: FYI, this podcast contains spoilers.
1: Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 122 of the podcast that goes snick. We're your hosts, Jason and Denise Venable. Finally back on. That's right. And it's time to uh, cover all of March 2015.
0: And it's been a whirlwind.
1: (laughs) A lot of issues here. Of course, we have our Wolverines weekly series. And then, of course, we have a big old honk of Black Vortex to talk about. Big uh, old honk. Yeah, a lot. Honk, honk. (laughs) So, uh, anyway, without further ado, here we go. say we sniffed around but But we're we're too busy busy healing for anyone to keep us down one more time (laughs) anyway it's time for our weekly issues of wolverines (laughs) and of course march has four weeks so we have four issues that's going to be Wolverines 9 through 12.
0: Goodness. That's a whole lot of Wolverines. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, number 9. Number 9. Number 9. 9. 9. Is written by Charles Soule with pencils by Peter Wynn. Inker by Derek Friedolfs. Letters by VC's Corey Pennant. Woohoo. And colors are by John Kalitz. And then Nick Bradshaw and FCO Placenta Placentia do the cover. And on the cover we have Dawkins.
0: No, we have Clint Eastwood. Yes. One-armed fugitive Clint
1: Eastwood. Yes. And he's taking a hike through the canyons. Um, Who did it? The man with one arm. <laughs> yep. It was the one arm man. Uh, the one-armed hairy claw popping man. Anyway, Dokken is is marching through a... Uh, Canyon. I actually really enjoy this cover quite a bit. Of course, we have a lot of Nick Bradshaw detail. The only thing I don't like is in the effort to show that he is uh, in shade as he walks through the valley of the shadow of death. His arm kind of looks purple. (laughs) He looks like the purple man.
0: Yeah, I thought that was just sort of his rendition of Dokken because even his face is kind of purple.
1: Yeah, it's just the shading. I just would have preferred... No, it's not
0: shading. He's purple. (laughs) Him and a Smurf got together. Or he smoked a Smurf.
1: He smoked a Smurf. Wow. I think that's illegal.
0: Isn't that what happens to you, though? If you smoke a Smurf, you turn purple.
1: Maybe. I don't know. Or he was making out with a great vape.
0: Ooh.
1: Anyway, other than that small coloring detail, I enjoyed this cover quite a bit. What did you think?
0: I did, too, except I can't tell what's on. What is he carrying on his back? A backpack. No, this You've thing He's got like a like laser
1: gun and a thing to sweep on, a little pad, mat.
0: Okay, so the thing that looks like a laser gun, uh-huh. so it has like the little round <laughs> thing and something's hanging down from it. And so pull it me. and it
1: draws back and it goes, bang, bang, it doesn't actually shoot. It's just a toy. Oh,
0: I thought it was his cell phone charm. You know those stupid little cell phone charms that teeny bopper girls stick on their phones? No. Nope.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and I'm very thankful that I don't.
0: They're usually bedazzled, and of they course have, they are. you know, they like come from justice flowers or butterflies or unicorns with rainbows coming out of their butt. Right. Yeah. And
1: well, that's he's, obviously he's got what a he charm has. on the yeah. end of his gun. Oh, well, he doesn't a charmed life.
0: Yes, <laughs> I also love his hair, how it's flowy and wispy. Oh, he
1: has a uh, yeah, he has a long mohawk that that tosses in the wind.
0: Yeah, it's a little girly.
1: That's okay. I still it looks think like it looks some, cool. he
0: rolled he curled his hair in the morning. And it looks
1: like uh what was his name? Um Oh shoot. Renegade. Lorenzo Lamas.
0: Oh my goodness.
1: <laughs> the very dead sexy Lorenzo Lamas.
0: Wasn't he the Highlander too?
1: Oh. Well I don't know. Was it a T maybe in a later T V version? Yeah. I'm not sure. To me, Christopher Lambert will always be the Highlander. Anyway, we're going to talk about Wolverines. Yes. And basically, remember when we left off, unfortunately, Fang had shown up and he was going to take everybody for some quality time, one-on-one. Yes. And he popped away with in to fight a space, not a space giant, a frost giant. And so that's where we where we start off with Fang and in. apparently in his underwear. <laughs> <laughs> He's wearing pajama pants. And they're going to fight a frost giant.
0: Yeah, and Fang and Dawkins have this little conversation, and basically he he flat out tells Dawkins, Wolverine hated you guys. Yeah. He admired these people, but he hated the rest of you.
1: I did think it was interesting that he pointed out Iron Fist and Daredevil was beast as guys who just fought in their pajamas. Or their underoos. And had no protection. Right. But anyway, they bicker back and forth, and Fang wants Dawkins to, to fight the Frost Giant. He says no.
0: So he tells the Frost Giant, hey, psst, you know that daddy of yours? That that daddy that never was part of your life, that's yeah. him.
1: You know how you have daddy issues? Yeah. Well, I found him. So yeah. the frost giant goes mad. Which um, is the,
0: seriously, like, okay, so Dawkin goes, how does that work? Yeah. <laughs> and Fang is like, hey, you do anything for love.
1: <laughs> but I won't do that.
0: <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't do that either.
1: <laughs> I'd be afraid i get frostbite on my ding a <laughs> <laughs>
0: And the Frost Giant's stupid enough to believe it. So he gets all pissy and goes after Dawkins. Yeah, apparently
1: Frost Giants are brainless dinosaur, pea brain creatures. I don't know. Yeah. But, um, anyway, so we go to something that's kind of interesting for a change. And um, we have Lady Deathstrike sweeping with, um, not Red Hood, I can't want to call him Red uh, Shogun. <laughs> and he leaves his hood on. Oh, yeah, well, you know, it's romantic.
0: <laughs> it's his protection.
1: So we find out... Um, yeah <laughs> he wore a helmet
0: but um, bumps. that took you a while
1: <laughs> that's a nice 90s reference right there <laughs> my jimmy hat <laughs> <laughs> um anyway he talks about Ogun, and lady destructs yeah i know we were lovers then we have another interlude we skip over some more dock and fang crap we have another interlude in madripoor with the phantom mel and her fox our two foxies they're trying to steal Patch's Patch, which is hanging on the wall at the Princess Bar. So a lot of nice little uh, Wolverine uh, Easter eggs here. And um, she tries to hit on the bartender. It doesn't really work. She's new at this. She's only been alive for, what, a year, she says?
0: Something like that. Yeah. She's all like, hee 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 hee. How do yeah. I get a towel like that? Right. Because I'm hot. <laughs>
1: No, she goes, Where'd you get that towel? And he's like, A uh, bartender school?
0: <laughs> no, he says the towel store. Oh yes,
1: you're right. I'm sorry. He she saying. goes,
0: I need to get over there to get myself a towel. Right. You're so hot, you're making me sweaty.
1: Yeah, well one guy doesn't want to hear that, right? So anyway, then the fox nabs the eye patch. Then we go back, uh and defends himself against the frost giant. And he's going in for the kill. He's got it beat, but Fang stops him. And then uh, basically erases the Frost Giant's memory because he can for some reason. And he gives Dawkins a beer and an arm to drink it with.
0: Yeah. And they
1: sit around the, the, uh, the campfire. Dawkins says he was born in 1946, which I kind of forgot about. Um, I mean, it makes sense. He yeah. has the same slow aging healing factor as his father. I just forgot it was that long ago. I think he had gotten past some of his issues by now. But I guess Wolverine took forever to get past stuff, so it's genetic, maybe. Anyway, then Fang takes away his arm, which obviously pisses Dawkins off.
0: And his um, eye. Yeah. Oh, yeah,
1: an yes, and his eye. And he talks about how um, Logan hated all these people.
0: Except, except for Laura. Except
1: for Laura. Which, I don't know about that. But I think, and he says, you know, and he tells Dawkins After he killed you, we we talked, and he said, guilt, sure, regret, he felt all those, but mostly, relief. Which, I don't know, if if you read Reminder's Uncanny X-Force, which is probably the best Wolverine in the last several years, I think there's some of all of that, but I wouldn't put relief over the regret and the guilt, because he had a whole lot of both of those in spades as well. And Fang, you know, I'm, I'm still not buying Fang is Wolverine's best friend. So I don't care what he says anyway. Um.
0: <laughs> well, it, it also could be one of those. How do we know it's his best friend? Like
1: We don't. He's just showing up announcing it. Yeah. In stories that we never saw. <laughs> um, but anyway, he takes Dokken home and says Sabretooth will be next. But this whole time, um, Lady Deathstrike and Shogun are still having their loving party. Like, this whole time, like, hey, hey. Hey. Power to them for the stamina. That anyway, right. so apparently when, when Shogun goes to sleep, Ogun wakes up, and now he can talk to Lady Strike. And I want to point out that she knows it's him. We know because of the red and black uh, word balloons. But she's able to recognize without him saying anything.
0: I wonder if he has an accent.
1: <laughs> well, okay, but just remember that. So it... it According to this scene, it sounds like his voice is different somehow. Right. Okay. So not only does it read different to us, but they hear a different thing. Just want to remember that. Okay. Anyway, she decides, "Hey, we got to get rid of Shogun because I want to be reunited with Ogun yeah, with our will... love-hate relationship. Yeah, and I... we love to try to kill each other. <laughs> who? What? And She's then got have makeup sex
0: problems. I want to be with the man well, who lady, tried to kill lady me. Lenny
1: Deathstrike does have major problems." Yeah, anyway, I thought the art was pretty decent. Um, yeah. I really enjoyed the Frost Giant, particularly the scene where he's trying to smash everybody. That thought it looked really cool, and I thought the scenes with Phantom looked really cool. Yeah, that was pretty good overall. Uh, what do you think of the art?
0: I thought it was good. I wasn't overly impressed on the edge of my seat with it, but I did think it was good. I liked the story of Fang going, yeah, Logan hated all you asshats. So
1: okay.
0: that was intriguing to me because... But I also think it's interesting how Fang stopped Dokken from killing the Frost Giant.
1: Because it was just a game. Right. But honestly, when Wolverine has stopped... I mean, if he went to a berserker rage, he would have cut that frost giant to pieces.
0: Yeah, but it's funny, though, because would Wolverine even attack the frost giant to begin with? Well, if this apparently was the that situation? was their
1: trip. that they were, He was going to take with Wolverine, Fang says, to go tackle a frost giant.
0: Mm, I um, don't know. I feel I like we're missing. I don't believe a word Fang says. Yeah, so. I feel like we're missing. Like, they're going to, at some point in the books, they're going to be like, oops. Oops. <laughs> I don't know. Just kidding.
1: Yeah. Well, anyway, what do you want to grade Wolverine's number nine? Uh, I'll number give nine? it four out of six. Really? Okay. We're going to be pretty different on this one. I'm going to give it two out of six claws. Whoa, we are I, different. I hated the Fang stuff. I I do. I thought the Lady Deathstrike old stuff was kind of interesting, but I also kind of don't really care. My favorite part of the book, honestly, was the Phantom L scene. That's the only part I really liked. Okay. Okay. So, Let's move on to number ten.
0: Moving on.
1: Number ten. Now we switch back to Ray Fox, as writer. Jonathan Marks, our podcast favorite, is back as the artist. Lee Luffridge is an awesome colorist, by the way. Does the colors. BC's Corey Pettit. Woohoo! Does the letters. And then the cover is by Chris Anka. And what's on the cover?
0: Uh, so we have Sabretooth, and he is sort of like back bending looking like he's in pain but then yeah. we have a red saber. he said
1: tooth. baby you can do it if you put your back into it
0: yeah but then we have this red saber tooth is made that? out of light yeah and he is busting through like an alien yeah
1: yeah and coming. he's
0: flash dancing
1: <laughs> he's very happy yes. he looks delicious she, when he's evil. a
0: maniac maniac oh no
1: yes indeed what do you think of it
0: um I like it.
1: I actually like it quite a bit. Uh, I think the all like really stark black background is cool. Yeah. And then. You know, I love on,
0: the yellow type of Wolverines on. Yes. On the black background. But I like the fact that the color yellow is the same hue of yellow that is in Sabertooth's, Saber-tooth's uniform. Yeah.
1: yeah. Or costume. And then I don't know. Yeah. The Sabertooth busting out looks uh looks pretty cool. All right. So basically.
0: We have twins. I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> I appreciate the art that is in this, but Fang and Sabretooth do look you? like...
1: Do you appreciate the art that's
0: in this? For, well, no, not really. I'm just being nice. <laughs> okay. um, they look like fraternal twins. So they sometimes do. I'm like, who's, who's talking? Oh, right. Is it Fang or is it Sabretooth? Who's being whiny now? Is yep. it this or is it that?
1: I don't know. Yeah, so Fang, who is constantly changing sizes from issue to issue, takes Sabretooth to outer space, 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 space. space.
0: He wants them They're to attack take on some space, space pirates.
1: pirates. And so they do. It's a very, it's a very nasty space pirates. Yeah, they basically they go fight. around.
0: I, my favorite in the whole book is when Sabretooth is talking to the space pirate and he's like, we're not like the way we used to be. We used to torture people for days and rip right. off their arms just to see them in pain. Now we just kill you without pain. <laughs> right. And Sabretooth rips out his heart and the other guys are
1: like, oh, you are a god because <laughs> you can rip out someone's heart. Or the guy from Temple of Doom. Yeah. Dum-dum so anyway we go back to our our base with our wolverines and Lady Deathstrike and Shogun are fighting and Deathstrike is being tough because the plan with her and Ogun is that they need to weaken Shogun so Ogun can fully take over so they need to put him to the edge of death but then Lady Deathstrike has to stop and control herself and not kill him all the way he can't be dead dead (laughs) because then Ogun is either trapped or has to go find a new body or something I don't remember his more he'll be we'll talk more about that in, on like, the yeah
0: spiritual space
1: on an upcoming we're getting actually to his first appearance coming up pretty soon on the flashback episodes Ooh. so that'll be timely so yeah so fang and sambertooth decide well do we wipe out these pyres and do we trust them to change their ways and Sabertooth flip-flops back and forth so fang kills them all then sambertooth says oh okay well let's blow up the last ship then they blow it up and then sambertooth's mad that they did it so he's very conflicted, and he comes back, and then Fang's going to take X-23.
0: And there's a little handoff, isn't there, of, um,
1: like... Is that in this one or the next? You're right, yeah. So Mystique gives X-23, like, some kind of chip to put on Fangs, and they're going to try to find, remember they talked about, like...
0: Tracking him?
1: You can't kill the... Whatever these people are called, because their soul is outside their body. Like, it kind of floats around, but no one can see it. right. So this chip is going to help them find his soul so they can kill him, kill him. All right, so what do you think of the art? Eh. It's actually not too bad. I, it's I not feel too bad, like he but it doesn't it.
0: knock my socks off.
1: I feel like, again, I think we had this the last time we had him. He's not painting anymore, so he's just doing comic book. Like, he's just drawing. Right. And then, because and then, and then, we love for just doing the colors. And I like his art better that way than I did when he was doing the watercolor stuff. Yeah. Uh, but it's still not my favorite no but you know whatever i didn't like the story at all
0: no and i got saber i get he's good but or he's struggling right but i kind he, of felt he's, like he's trying he was, to be
1: pussycat but but then he's tempted to, to have a chance to murder bad guys
0: yeah i don't know i felt like he was more whiny than anything
1: yeah yeah i don't know all right when are you gonna grade wolverines number 10
0: i'm gonna give it two out of six
1: okay well, just so I can stay below you, I'm going to give it one out of six claws.
0: <laughs> you just have to stay below me.
1: Well, for that one, yeah. All right, so number 11. We're back to Charles Soule. Uh, we have artist Ariella Christentina. Colors by Sonia Obak. letters by VCs Corey Pettit. Woohoo! And uh, the cover is again by Chris Oka. On the cover, we have A Dark Room, an X-23 sitting out of bed with her back to us. And we have Wolverine's Uncanny X-Force uniformer spread out on the bed. And I think this is a very striking cover.
0: I loved this cover. Like, seriously, it's one of my favorites. In fact, I think it should be nominated for a Wolvie.
1: Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, it's just a very... You feel the emotion. You feel X-23's sadness. And it looks really cool. So, yeah, kudos to to Anka on a great cover. And yay, some good art. All right, so we start...
0: Exceptional art, actually. Yeah,
1: yeah. we've been a fan of hers before. So I'm I'm glad when she pops into the rotation. So we start off with Fang telling X-23 a story from nowhere, like the old floating uh, celestial head that's a space bar, basically like the cantina in Star Wars. Right. Um, So they found a way to get Wolverine drunk. Basically, they found this thing that was alcohol and a hallucinogen and... They put it in a tank, like a camelback thing, kind of, and just basically pumped it into his mouth the whole time. So his, his body never had a chance to recover. And so that's how he got drunk. he's
0: hallucin- got hallucinogenics and yeah. some other crazy stuff.
1: So Wolverine gets crazy. Fang does say something actually kind of funny here where he says, he got wild and crazy and he kept saying A at the end of all his sentences. A.
0: I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> yeah. So. The Canadian in him came out.
1: Yeah, yeah. But then we get something I really don't like. So I like that they're showing that Wolverine's drunk and an idiot. But he pops his claws and they come out from the underside of his wrist. I didn't wrist. think that was possible. It's not. Like, even if he's drunk and bends his wrist, it can maybe come out, like, through his palm? Maybe.
0: Right, but not through the bottom.
1: And maybe that's what they're trying to show. But the claws are on the top side of his forearm. That's where they're housed. Right. That's why they come out the top of the back of his hand. So, even if you bend up, they still come out the top of the arm. They never go to the bottom of the arm. Right. And this is what it looks like. They come out of the bottom of the arm, like Dawkins' third claw does. Right. Which is cool because he's different. He has different claws. But these are Wolverine's claws.
0: Yeah, but if they popped out, you're right. It would come through the palm. I thought in the
1: high part of the palm, not, yeah. not the bottom of the wrist. Well, so, this really bugs me.
0: They'd come out right here.
1: Well, okay, at least in the middle of the palm at the yeah. lowest. And maybe that's what they tried to draw, but it didn't translate. So I really didn't like this panel. I, I did like it, though, when he said, hey, bub, checked it out. I snicked myself.
0: <laughs> I, I didn't like that, too, because that does sound like something a drunk Wolverine would say. <laughs>
1: yes, it does. But then I like what X-23 says. She says, that did not happen. And I agree. It didn't.
0: <laughs> <laughs> He's making it
1: up. Yeah. At least the part with the claws. So Fang and X-23 have a nice conversation. He kind of leads her along, tells her, hey, you're Wolverine's favorite. Then we get some of Fang's stories, some backstory that, I mean, at least they're finally explaining why he is completely different than any other appearance he's ever been in. (laughs) So they talk about the first time that he met Wolverine when Wolverine stole his clothes and left him for dead. And he talked about how he got taken over by a brood and he died. But the Lu they're clones and they have like a central memory. So every time they die, they just reclone and they remember everything from the previous Clone, I guess.
0: So they have a hard drive system.
1: Basically, yeah. So we go back to Mystique's ship. They're all arguing about what they're going to try to do to kill Fang, because that's their prime purpose right now. Lady Strike and Ogun have some more conversations while Shogun takes a nap. Then we get some more flashbacks of how Wolverine and Fang never really uh, saw each other for a long time, but you know what? When you're out doing your thing like Wolverine and Fang do, your circles are going to get smaller. You're going to eventually run into each other, and they did, and they became fast friends. And once a year, they met to drink. I do really like the art on these two pages. It's phenomenal.
0: Well, and it it kind of makes sense that they would meet up and have drinks because Wolverine is notorious for drinking. Right. I just can't see with Wolverine being as standoffish as he is to be like, what's up? Let's go for drinks.
1: Right. But Wolverine wanted to cut loose. And they talk about his death and Fang's trying to figure out like who killed him. And, of course, X-23's like, it wasn't me. And he's like, I know, I know. And then he pulls out X-23's trigger scent. I didn't and, understand that. Okay, so for X-23, when she was programmed as a child killer, basically... One of the ways they controlled her without having the control words that these guys in Weapon X talk about is they made a trigger scent. So they conditioned her that whenever she smelled that, she went into a berserker rage like Wolverine does. Okay. And basically she would just kill everybody around whenever she smelled that. Okay. Like it would flip a switch in her brain and she would just go, psycho, nuts, killer. So when the the program she came from was after they cloned her and were trying to make her a super assassin, that was one of the things they used okay. to let her do her hits and so fang says hey i got some and not only that this is the good stuff <laughs> it's a pure strain intensified and so x-23 stabs him <laughs> then we see some more of uh lady death strike and shogun having some rough play time uh and then we get another scene of phantom l i really like the way uh, christian tina draws the fox yeah it looks really cool um, the Black Fox. And so they're fighting a guy called the Dog Tag, and they're trying to steal a dog tag he has of Logan's. So they're talking about there's a, there's a buyer that's buying up all this Wolverine stuff. Interesting. Yeah. So he's like, listen, whoever you are, my name is Dog Tag. This is all I have. I will get these back. I will track you down. And the fox is like, are you worried? And uh, Phantom Bell's like, his name's Dog Tag. No. <laughs> Then we go back to their secret hideaway in Barcelona and we see all the stuff she's got so far. She has some she's got uh, a lot of stuff. Japanese robes, some swords, some Wolverine costumes, um, some boots, a little, uh, I guess that's part of the costume. It's like a little shard of adamantium, maybe. Yeah. Or a, You know what? That might be a broken off bone claw, possibly. Oh, possibly. And then she has, he has the extra claw gloves that Wolverine used when he had his armor suit back in a... Um, Paul uh
0: <laughs> When he lost his
1: healing factor. Yeah, what was that guy's name? I can't think of it all of a sudden.
0: I can't think of it either.
1: Anyway, uh, that run. And so we go back to X23 and Fang and X twenty three is super pissed that he has this. And Fang says, you know what? I thought about just throwing this in the room and watching you kill everybody. Or at least trying to. But you know, I didn't. I didn't use it. I'm the good guy. And he goes, hey, I like this bar i'll fight you if you want and x-23 says i want <laughs> and he's like no i'm just kidding listen so they fight some more some pretty cool scenes and he says he changed his mind about everything when he saw x-23's little dyed hair strands the yellow and the blue which you know represent wolverine he basically asked her the same question the x-men did right and uh, I glossed over. There's a part where X twenty three said that she knows the X Men have the body and things like. Yeah, I already went and paid my respects. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, he's, he's so. But he asks her the question: "You're not a monster. Why are you hanging out with all these monsters?" Right. And just like with the X Men, she doesn't really answer. Um,
0: I don't really think she herself knows.
1: I don't. I don't know either. I don't think she's like being a mole necessarily. Though that might turn out to be it. But,
0: no, I, quite honestly, I've, I kind of took it as, like, this is the only thing that reminds me of family. Like, I'm connected to these people because Dawkins is yeah, his son. I and... definitely
1: think she's taken Dawkins under his wing. It's trying to be the mentor to him, maybe, that Wolverine couldn't be. Right. Which I, I think she probably doesn't feel adequate, but is going to try anyway. Which I think, if that's what they're doing, I think that's really interesting. And I yeah. kind of hope that's what they do. But anyway, Fang turns over the uh, the trigger scent in the little capsule. And gives it to her and says, you have a choice to make. And I have to pay for all these damages. (laughs) (laughs) So they go home and catch Mystique talking about her plan to kill Fang. And Fang's like, okay, bring it on. Bring it. And that's where we end up. So, like I think we said, uh, the art's really good. Uh, What do you think of the story in this one?
0: I felt like it was so-so, but I felt like it was more interesting than the last two.
1: This is... I'm going to qualify, disclaimer, of the issues since Fang came around, this is my favorite one. I agree. Um, I actually really liked his interaction with X-23, and the art's really good. It is really good. So I'm going to give Wolverine's number 11 four out of six claws.
0: I too will give it four out of six. Okay, so we're back
1: on the same page. All right, number 12, back to Ray Fox. Art this time by Ario Anandito. Colors by the great Matthew Wilson. Letters by V.C.'s Corey Pettit. Woohoo! And another cover by Chris Alka. That's like three in a row. We don't get that on this series much.
0: No, we don't. Um,
1: But here's another decent cover. We have Shogun and or Ogun. His eyes are blacked out, so maybe he's evil. And And Lady Deathstrike is kind of hugging him with her big claw fingers.
0: Snappy, snappy. It's
1: not bad. It's a cool cover. It's drawn well.
0: Yeah, I just, I I just like Lady Deathstrike's fingers.
1: (laughs) Yes, you've had trouble with that the whole time.
0: I quite honestly preferred the movie's version where her fingernails just grow. Yeah. yeah. That, to me, makes more sense.
1: Right. So we open up with a brutal battle between Shogun and Deathstrike. And he's like, dude, I know fighting is your foreplay, but you gotta slow down.
0: Yeah. (laughs) What's the control word? Right. But then we find out. The safety out, word. Yeah,
1: the safe word. <laughs> uh, then we do find out, though, that Shogun discovers the plan. And they're just trying to wear him out so Ogun can take over. And he's like, but no, but Strike she said she loved me.
0: Yeah, but uh. he got
1: played. So then Fang is like, ah, where's Shogun? He's who I want to talk to next. And like, no, nope, we're going to kill you. And he's like, you can't actually we have this device that shows us where your soul is and it's a little pink fart cloud <laughs> and we have this gun that can shoot through space and time and dimensions so we can shoot your soul it makes a funny little sound beep 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 or whatever it does who cares so they shoot it and they attack Fang and they interlock these scenes like from panel to panel between Deathstrike trying to almost kill Shogun and everybody else trying to kill Fang
0: I do like that page.
1: Yeah, it's a good page. Pretty decent art. But then Fang disappears and Shogun disappears. They Uh-oh. get they get beamed up to the Enterprise. And Beam um, me up, Scotty. And X twenty three gets super PO'd at the rest of the guys, like Fang's not a bad guy, like I talked to him. He's not the monster, you're the monsters and you know whatever. So then it turns out they teleported to Superman's Fortress of Solitude. <laughs> I did think it was cool. They talk about it's a planet with a green sun and the colors
0: are amazing.
1: Yeah. I mean, Matthew Wilson's a great colorist, but the colors in this book look awesome. And so Ogun's in control. He's like, what? I, I was about. No, I was about to be free. Ah, but then Fang stops him and basically exercises Ogun. Not really, but he buries him way, way deep where he can't get out. And then Shogun's like, oh, I'm free but Fang's really weak. He got shot in the soul. (laughs) that has got to hurt, right? (laughs) And uh, Shogun's like, all right, well, you're looking for Wolverine's killer. Look no further. I killed him. I mean, not really, but (laughs) I was the last guy to see him alive. (laughs) Right. And he tells a story about how he fought, but he doesn't really remember. And then Wolverine basically kicked his butt all the way to China and back. And um, he says, but the thing that scared me, like I had him on the edge of death with no healing factor and he still looked batshit crazy in his eyes. <laughs> and I was scared for my life. He would not give up. But then he knocked me out. And when I woke up, everything was falling apart. And I skedaddled. Uh, but apparently he got covered in adamantium. And so things like, all right, fine. Revenge. And then uh, Shogun starts beating on him. he's like, They fight for. I was like, no, listen, you fool. You're the fool. When I said revenge, you should have known I was going to say it's not what Wolverine would want. Instead (laughs) of starting the sentence with a regular word like, oh, hey, maybe Wolverine wouldn't want revenge. But if we had written it that way, Mr. Fox could not have designed two pages of fighting.
0: (laughs) That's right. So. Maybe they needed it to make the spreads even so it printed right.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So Fang sends Shogun home free of Ogun for now. And he shows up, and this part I don't like. I really hated this, to be honest. death Strike is like, so, who am I talking to? After Shogun talks. So earlier, she could tell who it was by the voice, and now, and now she, she can. can't. Really got him on my nerves, a lot. Uh, in fact, what, let's, let's look, see, let's see. What issue was that that she was talking oh, to? Oh,
0: it's the first one.
1: Yeah, So, but that was Charles Soule. And this is Ray Fox. Yeah. So, there's a little discrepancy there. And I think Fox kind of dropped the ball. So, we go back, and we're back in Barcelona at the Phantom Hill Hideout. And she goes, Hmm, a new costume. I wonder who put this there. And it's Fang's old costume. Oh. So, he, he his godlike abilities that he has now. Um, I like how they explain that as, Oh, and I woke up with new powers in my new body. Yeah, thanks, guys. <laughs> But anyway, so I guess he, uh, he knew what Fantomel was doing, and he gave her a new costume, or a new old costume. And so our buyer shows up, and they're like um, he's coming, he comes in, in a helicopter, and like man, he's coming in really fast. And then he crashes. <laughs> and then there's another helicopter, and Deadpool kicks his way out of the burning helicopter, shoots down the other helicopter, and says, gives basically Fantomel a, a briefcase full of cash, and says, "I'm the new Wolverine, bitches." <laughs> And Deadpool looks pretty cool. Um, he does look really cool. I don't, But he has a great design. Don't always love his comics, but he has a great design.
0: Does he have a bag of cookies?
1: Yeah, I remember he said he found them in the glove box of the oh yeah the helicopter. And he goes, I didn't even know helicopters had glove boxes. <laughs> that part was pretty funny. Uh, so the art I thought was pretty good. Eh. You didn't like it as much? Yeah, the colors are so awesome, though.
0: The colors are awesome. There's pages that I, I thought the art was subpar, and then there were parts that I thought the art was awesome.
1: Okay. There's a little bit of, like...
0: Yeah, the first couple of pages.
1: Like, when Fang grins, he looks kind of anime.
0: Yeah.
1: Or manga-influenced. I like the panel layout, too, in a lot of it, though. So, I, I guess I, I like the art a little bit more than you and love the colors. So, I thought the book looked really good. Again, Fang was better. Maybe not as good as the last issue, but definitely better than all the other ones. Yeah. And him and Shogun talking like, like, Fang's finally starting to have a little purpose. And so basically through this, we figure out (laughs) that he's like the anti-Wizard of Oz. He basically is is trying to give everybody like a morality lesson of what he thinks Wolverine would want them to know. Right. So he talks about how Dawkins like needs to overcome his daddy issues and Sabretooth needs to like, you know, if he's really going to be a good guy, embrace his pussycat side or whatever, and not be the animal. You were always just the, the angry animal version of Wolverine. That's why. Because he, 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 he even said something in that issue that was actually kind of cool that I blew over. Because at first, like, you and Wolverine were rivals, but at the end, he didn't really care. Like, he knew he had to fight you, but you didn't mean anything to him.
0: Right. You were more of a pain in the butt then. And he
1: meant everything to you. And that's why you're lost without him. You need to find, like, a new purpose in life. Right. And, you know, that's basically what Rick Revenger doing over in uh, Uncanny Avengers right now. So, you know, whatever. But I'm glad they kind of tie together. And then with X-23, he's like, you need direction too because you don't know what you're doing. Right. Like, you're hanging out with all these terrible people. Like, you know, go back to the X-Men. Be, be the new Wolverine, basically. Right. Um, then Shogunny just wants to punish him for killing Wolverine. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't know. Where does he get off?
0: But see, I don't think Shogun killed Wolverine.
1: No, he didn't really. The like nobody killed. Yeah, I was gonna say the adamantium killed Wolverine. Right. So anyway, so I guess next issue we will have Deadpool. So when, are you gonna, when do you get? What do you want to grade Wolverine's number twelve?
0: I'm only gonna give it three out of six. It's middle of the road in the art, and it's middle of the road in the story.
1: Yeah. No, I'm gonna give it three out of six claws as well, and almost all three of that's the colors. <laughs> Matthew Wilson, you're a stud. Um. Yeah, so that's thats four weeks of Wolverines. Overall, I thought the Fang story was a bust. Had a few highlights, but I can really care less. And I'm not nearly as interested in this Death Strike Ogun thing as I kind of thought I would be. Like, it's not bad, but really my favorite little backstory of this whole month was the Phantom L going around collecting Wolverine stuff yeah. for a buyer. Now that the buy- we know the buyer is Deadpool, eh.
0: I kind we'll of see how like- silly
1: it gets. But Yeah,
0: I kind of feel like this whole Lady Deathstrike Shogun thing was, well, these characters, we have nothing to do with them, so we're going to put a love story well, together. they have
1: a history. I can't remember if we've actually seen the history or not. I think yeah, we have. But see, here's but, the thing.
0: Like, I get it. Lady Deathstrike has issues, and she loves to be abused and whatnot, but really? Like... Your old lover, who trying to kill you, is trapped in a body, and you're like, "Ooh, let's bring let's, it out." Yeah, <laughs> let's get there. Yeah, I, in fact, I think it would it would be more compelling to me if she was like, oh, "I don't, I don't like this person that's trapped in your body. Like, I, I don't know what to do with him, Right. and therefore, I can't be with you." That to me is probably a more powerful story.
1: Right. And we'll also see how long Ogun stays buried with things magic powers. Magic. Yeah, that's basically all he is. All his powers are magic. Unexplainable powers that make Cloud no sense. Cloud power. <laughs> I just, in case you can't tell, I don't like thing.
0: Um,
1: <laughs> but yeah, so that's March for Wolverines. Yes. Hey, hey, we're the Wolverines. People, People say we sneak around. But we're too, too busy healing for anyone to get us down. down. All right. Hey, so next up we have, hey, remember when Wolverine was alive? (laughs) We got a couple of little tiny Wolverine appearances in Magneto 16 and Nightcrawler 12. Magneto 16 is written by Colin Bunn with art by Gabriel Hernandez-Walta and colors by Jordi Belair. Letters by VCs Corey Pettit Mm -hmm. and cover by David Yarden. And the cover's pretty sweet. We have, like, some different people in the background in kind of a yellow tone. And we have Magneto just looking badass on the front. That's really all you need, right? So basically, this is like uh, CSI Genosha. Um, Magneto, of course, has set up his new little safe haven on Genosha, and people are coming, and and now there's a murder spree, and Magneto has to play a homicide detective. And figure it out. And then someone has come back. And it looks like it's a hate crime. They smeared a giant blood swastika on the wall. And then in Magneto's room, someone wrote in blood on the mirror, Keep the furnaces warm, Eric. And so our Wolverine appearance since we have a flashback. Back to our uncanny X-Force days where Wolverine meets Magneto on Utopia. And he basically tells him that he's killed somebody for Magneto. And, you know, as a thanks, just, you know, forget X-Force ever existed. Also, like, don't ask me to kill people for you again. And we think, it is, I mean, we're assuming it's probably a bad dude, or Wolverine wouldn't have done it. And I think, because we Magneto says well, he has to see the body, so he goes to Rio de Janeiro, where Wolverine has buried the body. And, of course, we know South America, we know of Magneto's history, lots of kind of uh, Nazi hunting, you know, hunting down old Nazi war criminals in South America. We have that in the movies and in the comics, and my thought is that this was a guy, oh, not Nazi guy that Wolverine killed, and, uh, maybe he has some kind of descendant or someone that maybe is or isn't a mutant and is on Genosha, and that's kind of where we tie back in to the hate crime, or, you know, it could just be a random guy who's anti-Semitic, I don't know, but anyway, I thought this whole issue was paced really nice, oh, Magneto and that Briar girl, uh, she reveals her feelings for Magneto, so they, they get it on. They're, they're an item now, at least, at least for the moment. But yeah, art's really good. Story was really cool. Uh, whether I'm right or wrong doesn't change the fact that there was just a nice kind of crime element to this this issue that was that was really pretty cool. So I'm going to give Magneto number 16 six out of six claws. Nightcrawler number 12. This is the last issue of Nightcrawler's latest and not so greatest solo series and is written by Chris Claremont art by Todd Nauck colors by Rochelle Rosenberg letters by VCs Travis Lanham, and then Nauck and Rosenberg did the cover and the cover is basically uh Nauck getting to flex his X-Men muscle this Nightcrawler leading the charge with a bunch of characters from this series and then also just X-Men in general kind of flowing behind him. Some pretty cool-looking cover. Kind of looks like a poster that you might see. Kind of superhero team posters. But it's a cool cover. I like it. The art in this book is great. But it has been the whole time. Nalk was was born to draw this book. Unfortunately, the scripts are not always super awesome. This story kind of wraps up our space pirate, child slave labor storyline. Of course, the good guys win. And they go back home. There's lots of awkward conversation just like the lines. Let me find an example. Stuff like, gotcha now, cutie. Your toys wor- won't work against my ghost wolves. I'll hold you fast. And that's the idea, duh head. Just like we're going to kill you. Just, I don't know. You have that littered throughout this book in painful amounts. And also, of course, we got to wrap up this series real fast. And so we kind of skip the end of the whole story. And uh, we... we we have that it took a long time and many things happened you know in one panel (laughs) to kind of say oh yeah well We realize this story should not end so quickly, but the series is over and no one really cares about this story anyway, so why not end it quickly? And then Nightcrawler comes home and he's got to explain everything that's going on to his friends. He's like, oh, I still love Amanda, but I love this girl and we'll see what happens. And she ran off to still do her bloodthirsty space pirate thing and Amanda's somewhere else. And of course, he can't have a Nightcrawler issue and especially not the end of the series. Without him remembering his friends. And he remembers uh, Amanda and Jean Grey and Wolverine. So that's our Wolverine appearance. Quote unquote appearance. Yeah. Like I said. Art in this book's great. Has been the whole series. Story's not great. I'm going to give Nightcrawler number 12. Two out of six claws. And that's all for art. So that was another edition of. Hey. Remember when Wolverine was alive? Okay. So last but not least. We have our Black Vortex update.
0: Update, update.
1: (laughs) Yeah, we got a whole stack of comics to go through for Black Vortex, but X-23 is not in all of them, so some of them will just kind of do a very quick story catch-up.
0: I like that snappy move.
1: Yeah. But before we get into Black Vortex proper, we're going to cover Nova Annual number 1. And this basically just explains how Nova got pulled into the story. This is written by Gary Dugan. Pencils by David Baldeon. Inks by Terry Palette or Palo. I'm never sure how to say that. Colors by David Carriel, Letters by Comic Craft, Albert DeChesne. And the cover is by a guy with a made-up name, Orphan's Cheeps.
0: Okay, I hope that's a made-up name. <laughs> I
1: know, I, don't, I have no idea. But it basically is no... You Nova. just made
0: fun of somebody's mama.
1: Oh, well, yo mama. So Nova's flying around with Hulk, but oh wait, is Doc Green. Don't call him the Hulk. Is Doc Green. I don't know what that means. <laughs> is this where the Hulk is now? Like current continuity? Is he a smart guy with a beard again? I guess so. I'm not really reading the Hulk. But um. anyway, the cover is super like a uh, modern computer cartoon looking, like something on Disney XD or whatever. I don't really care for it that much, but it's okay, I guess. Yeah, so basically we know that Nova fought the Hulk during, um, what was it, Axis. And he fought he fought bad Axis Hulk and got a concussion. And now he's going to go to the Baxter building to get his helmet fixed. And the Fantastic Four is not there, but it's Doc Green, who we all know as the Hulk. And Nova blasts him, and there's a lot of funny banter. They go off to, uh, he tries to fix the helmet himself, you know, to kind of, as... Penance, I guess we're breaking it. He wants to help fix it, but he can't so they're gonna, they're gonna go out in space together uh, There's a lot of really funny stuff in here a lot of um, Just kind of banter back and forth they make a really good buddy team Hulk in this. I'm sorry Doc Green and Nova and then basically they Nova sends the Hulk home and he's flying around and he gets a distress call and he goes to the moon as Spartak's attacks where he meets up with all our players from the Black Vortex on the last page. So, um, it's a really fun issue. It's a funny issue. And the art's really great. I'm going to give Nova annual number one five out of six claws. Ooh. So, our next chapter of Black Vortex proper is chapter five.
0: I look inside myself and see my heart is black. I see a vortex and I want to (laughs) paint it black.
1: I like how you laughed through the only part people would recognize.
0: <laughs> Sorry, I just... I was, when I was She's reading, been trying. <laughs>
1: She's been looking so hard for a jingle from Black Vortex.
0: Well, it came to me while I was reading these, except I couldn't figure out how to convert it.
1: Ah. And
0: so I was looking at the lyrics and I'm like, oh, I'm going to do this.
1: <laughs> uh, you should not have done it before I started, though. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. It took
0: me a while to figure out how I was going to get, I see a red door and I want to paint it black oh. and uh, I see a vortex and I want it painted black. Sounds pretty
1: simple. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, but I was trying to include like a whole four lines of the song. Right, right. And it wasn't going to work.
1: We'll work on it. Yeah. All right. Well, anyway, uh, chapter five is all new X-Men number 39. This is written by Brian Michael Bendis with art by Andreas Sorrentino. Colors by Marcello Maiolo and letters by VCs Corey Pettit. Woohoo! And the cover is by Sorrentino and Maiolo, and um, it's kind of what, like, what do you call that? Like a painted something or other.
0: And I want to paint it black. No, I mean, it is know. kind of
1: painted black and white, except for Jean's hair and Angel's booties.
0: Yeah, it looks like a pencil drawing that they've kind of watercolored over the top. Uh, okay, of.
1: I think it's pretty cool looking.
0: It is cool looking. I actually got excited that maybe the rest of the art would be like that,
1: and was it? No, it's not. It's nope. It's typical Sorrentino greatness. So what happens? Remember where we last left off, a whole bunch of stuff happened, but basically... Um, nutshell. Nutshell, our, our beast, Gamora and Angel, submitted to the Black Vortex and became super cosmic beings, and, but then... Ronan the Accuser came and stole the Vortex and took it back to Hala, the Kree homeworld. And our three cosmically powered, quote-unquote, heroes have gone to destroy the Kree homeworld. And that's yes. kind of where we pick up.
0: So uh, we have a really cool open spread. It says, what did you think would happen, Laura? You think I'd love you? Do you, do you think I... Blah, blah. <laughs> that's what he says there, too. Yeah, blah, so it's,
1: it's Spacey Angel and basically trying to microwave x23 yeah and of course they've kind of been an item so that's particularly painful emotionally and physically for x23
0: but then we realize she's just dreaming
1: no i think that's the last thing she saw the last thing she saw really yeah oh okay and she got knocked out by the fire
0: uh right? oh yeah okay
1: i think that's a that's a unseen scene from the last chapter
0: oh i thought it was a dream sequence i if guess she it was could be Having a nightmare over what happened to Angel. Right.
1: I guess we'll never know. Mm.
0: So basically, Psychops is like, yep, I get it. Y'all are all mad at me. And X-23 is like, what'd you think we'd be?
1: <laughs> I really like this exchange because he says, well, can't y'all be happy that I found my dad?
0: She's like, why can't we be both? Right. Which, <laughs> which
1: is very like human. Like, it is, like,
0: is. I'm happy you found your dad, but I'm still pissed off at you.
1: Right, for leaving us. <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh, so then Cyclops goes to see Jean. They have, what, a very brief, hey, hey,
1: well, exchange we'll, we'll get back to it.
0: Yeah. We jump over to Mr. Knife's Flying Fortress, um, and there's some exchange between him and- Thane. Thane. There are too many T's in this uh, series, <laughs> and basically they're like, you're making a mistake, and- We'll eventually get your Just Desserts in the end. Yeah,
1: they bicker with each other about losing the Black Vortex, basically.
0: And then we go back to the...
1: The Moon of Spartax, where the uh, Mr. Knife's Death Squad is like...
0: What's their name again? I forget. Uh,
1: the Squatter Squad. That's right. Yeah. And they're like, well, we can wait here, but they won't come back. But they're like, oh, but they're humans. They're dumb. They will come back. Right. So they're just going to wait. They're just going to chill.
0: So then we jump back to Cyclops and... Gene. And, and they talk. They talk. They get really close to kissing. They're about to kiss and then Young and Beast comes interrupted.
1: in. Interrupted. Yeah. With a sorry, not sorry. This is oddly my favorite page of the book. So we have a big thing that says, Hala, the crown jewel of the Kree Empire. These big like letters on a black page. But inside the letters is the city burning. It looks really cool.
0: It does look cool. Um, and then we get a close up of...
1: Yeah, we get a double page spread of beast. more carnage and destruction.
0: Yeah, that's Beast and Angel and, and Gamora. Gamora, and, and they're, they're just they're going to town. incineration. Uh, and so back, our little crew yeah, is... Yeah, they're
1: making a plan. Yeah. So they're going to all split up. A team's going to go to Hala to try to save the Kree. A team's going to go to Spartax and try to rescue uh, the orphanage that Star-Lord and Kenny are familiar with. Right. And you just generally protect the planet then the third team is, what's the third team doing? Oh, um. Are they going to look for the Vortex?
0: Yes. Oh, the Spartex moon.
1: Yes. Okay. The moon. And going back to the moon. So th- that's our three teams. And it's really hard to keep up with who's doing what. Yeah. Um, but our teams do consent. One team is, uh, what's Scott's dad's name? The Star Jammer guy. Oh. Corsair. We have Corsair, X23, Kitty, Kitty, and Venom. Or no, that's Gene. I'm sorry. I don't know. I can't. No, it's no, not Gene. That is X23. And Young Beast, I guess. Yeah. And then another team is Star Lord, Rocket, Storm, somebody, Drax, Gene, Carol, and Nova. Who's that in the back behind Storm?
0: Miscellaneous. Magic, person? maybe? Maybe.
1: Okay. And then our other team to the moon is really small. It's Cyclops, Iceman, and Groot.
0: They got the short end of the stick.
1: Yeah, but they're the best team. (laughs) They're really fun to follow. Just because Iceman is constantly making fun of Groot.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, so they go back to the Spartak's moon. And we have a nice exchange between Cyclops and Iceman where Cyclops basically says, I missed you. (laughs) Because they're discussing over, have you ever seen a passive-aggressive tree? Yeah. Basically saying that Groot is a gentle soul. Um, yeah, it's really fun. It is fun. And then we they get attacked by... Um,
1: Ambushed by the Slaughter Squad and yeah. taken prisoner.
0: Yep. And that's where our book ends. Yeah.
1: So what do you think of the art on this one?
0: I love the art.
1: Yeah, I like it a lot.
0: I loved certain aspects of it. The storyline was a little hard to follow. Just was when they split up into teams. I felt like... And, and they and did again, that really
1: fast, and it was hard to keep up because there's so many characters. And they're like, "I'm going here. I'm going here. I'm going with them. I'm going to a new place. I'm going there. I'm going with yeah. them that went with them." And I, it's like you really needed a flowchart to keep up with it.
0: You did, and but I also kind of, while I didn't like that you needed a flowchart to go with it, I kind of understood because when you have a team that big, yeah, of was, a whole bunch of Indian or a whole bunch of chiefs and not a lot of Indians, <laughs> right. I can see where it's going to get confusing and people are going to throw around their own opinions. So I appreciated the realism. I just wish it was organized in a way that would have been a little bit better to follow.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so basically this issue is just everybody kind of making a plan. (laughs) Pretty much. Yeah, so when are you going to grade all new X-Men number
0: 39? I'm going to give it four out of six. Okay.
1: I'm going to give it five out of six claws. Okay. Just for the art and the humor. So next up we have Guardians team up number three. This is written by Sam Humphreys, art by Mike Mayhew, colors by Rain Barreto, letters by V.C.'s Corey Pettit. Woohoo! Mayhew and Barreto do the cover, and the cover is Ronan the Accuser carrying the uh, Black Vortex on his back and everyone else trying to grab it.
0: It looks like they're trying to help him hold it.
1: So basically, this is the story of how Ronan betrayed his empire. He brought the Vortex to the Kree Supreme Intelligence and said, we need to put our soldiers through this because... Our planet is being destroyed, and the only way to fight the Black Vortex is with more Black Vortex.
0: But he gets denied.
1: Yep, the Kree Supreme Intelligence says this ancient artifact is nothing but chaos and evil, and and it should have been
0: destroyed thousands of years ago. But it was so pretty, nobody wanted to touch it.
1: It's a space mirror. What are you gonna do? (laughs) And so basically, Star Lord tricks him. He runs up and tries to get the mirror, and why they? He tries to hump the mirror. Yeah, pretty much. And so while the Kree guards take him away, Ronan the Accuser jumps up and uh, black vortexes himself, and turns into a surfer dude (laughs) he goes righteous
0: (laughs) he's a teenage mutant ninja turtle
1: (laughs) yeah um and then we find out that thing goes home and uh because he gives up on mr knife and he goes home and his whole camp that he was like the messiah for like they've all been slaughtered yeah and he's led to believe we find out later not in this issue (laughs) we find out later that it's He's led to believe that the Guardians did this, even though it was obviously the Slaughter Squad. Obviously. So he vows revenge. Uh, Super Ronin goes up against our other superheroes. Uh, Super Cosmic Beast creates or finishes his formula where he can see all of space and time and realizes it's broken and that it's possibly his fault for bringing the X Men from the past to the future and never sending anybody back. And so he goes into a major depression. Ronan is stripped of his honor, and that's about it. I thought the art in this one was okay. It wasn't bad. It's just nothing really stood out to me about no,
0: it. No, there weren't. You know, normally when the art's just okay, there's always one or two like pretty amazing panels. This one really didn't have anything. No, it's or just not really amazing.
1: It's just all just kind of all right. Yeah, and it's basically it's basically the story of Ronan and what he does and decides to do, and his his kind of conflict between because there's two like uh what's the thing in star trek prime directives oh, his his like, two about- prime directives are to protect the kree homeworld and to obey the supreme intelligence and his kind of big conflict in this issue is that he feels like the best thing to do to protect the home world is, is- to use the black vortex but that puts him in direct conflict with his second directive, which is to obey the Supreme Intelligence. He's and,
0: like Spock.
1: Yeah, so he's all, he's all conflicted and messed up and twisted around. So when do you, when do you get a grade Guardians team up number three?
0: I'm also going to give it four out of six.
1: I'm going to go with you on this one. Four out of six clause. So next up, we have Guardians of the Galaxy 25, which actually does not have X-23 in it. It is written by Brian Michael Bendis with art by Valerio Shitty. Jason Keith is the colorist. BC's Corey Pennant Woohoo. is the letterer. We have a shitty cover with Jason Keith coloring. <laughs> but it's not a shitty cover. It's an awesome cover. Magic looks a little weird, but Gamora and Angel look awesome.
0: Yeah, but they're not cosmic.
1: No, they're not. That is kind of interesting. <laughs> but it's still a great cover, I yeah. think. It's nice. And so, basically, we find out that... um,
0: Beast is whiny. He's upset.
1: Yeah. Oh, I do want to point out, because we start off... You know how young Beast has been keeping, like, that chalkboard? Yeah. Of, like, trying to put all the timelines back together? So, now we have that on a super cosmic interdimensional scale. Yeah. And you can even, like, pick out, like, all these different X-Men storylines, like the 12, and Cable, and Mojoverse, and Age of Apocalypse. There's even a thing for dupe. In, in humans at Like, if you want to look through and read this, there's a lot of interesting stuff on here. Uh, even the Australia period is mentioned. Um, but it, it reminds me, though, I wanted to point out in the last issue, because I don't remember if this has been in comics before or not. But when uh, Ronan the Accuser was writing in his big space journal, he was yeah. writing in the Cree language, and it, it was the symbols that we've been seeing in the Ages of S.H.I.E.L.D. TV show. Yes. So I thought that I wanted to point that out. Um, anyway, back to this issue. So everyone's kind of bummed. Nova shows up with the black vortex, or no, sorry, Nova flies in and grabs the black vortex. Yes, he's running he away. He tries with to it. get away, but he gets caught up by one of the Slaughter Squad girls. Uh, Jean does her new power, which she can turn psychic energy into telekinetic energy, and she says, "Hey, I got a super battery here." She uses the Crease Supreme Intelligence, which is like the melding of like millions of minds, right? And just makes a giant like telekinetic bomb, basically.
0: So is she the one that blows up the planet?
1: No, no, no. All right, so okay. Mr. Knife shows up with his ship and starts bombing the hell out of Spark, out of uh, Hala. I'm sorry, and the Kree uh, head falls out of the jar, and uh, yeah, so Hala blows up, which is pretty insane. I mean, this is a big deal in the Marvel universe, and you know, the Nova gets lost in space with the Black Vortex. But he does get away, barely. And we have a lot of funny stuff with Rocket Raccoon, as usual. So Gamora and Beast and Angel decide they're actually going to help. And so, yeah, it's a pretty good story. Nova number 28. Are we going to grade it? Nah. Okay. I'm just filling in so you know what happens when we get to this last chapter. Where, oh, with that okay. 23 in it. So, uh, Nova number 28, written by Gary Dugan. Artist is David Baldian. Inker, Telly, Pillow, or Palette Colors, David Curiel. Letters, Comic Craft's Albert DeChesney. Covered by Orphan's Cheeps again. And uh, this came, same kind of thing, kind of Disney XD looking. It's Nova on an asteroid hiding the Black Vortex. And uh, it's basically, Nova goes home. He tries to hide the Black Vortex in his house. Under he, a bed sheet. Yeah. He kind of sees, like, some different options for what the mirror would give him. And he kind of says, but wait, I know there's a price. What's the price? And and kind of see some different stuff and but he decides he's not going to use it but then the collector shows up at his house so he takes the Vortex and runs the collector chases him. He goes to Spartex to try to meet up with his friends but is intercepted by Mr. Knife and Thane who get the Black Vortex and Thane finally submits to it and becomes super cool like Grand Inquisitor Thane. Oh wait, I didn't notice has like a bug for a shirt. <coughs>
0: oh <laughs> uh, well, i i also thought he was going after the walking dead with the w on his forehead
1: yes he does have a w on his forehead which is kind of weird anyway oh well yeah so the art in both of those issues is good the story overall is good progressed pretty nicely they're both pretty fun which brings us back to x23 well,
0: okay so side note yeah. on this last one i will say i did enjoy how nova was the only one that was like okay great you're showing me what you want me to see but Show me like the price of yes. all this.
1: Yeah, I thought that was really cool.
0: Yeah.
1: I gotta say, if you're not reading the new Nova book with Sam Alexander Nova, it's pretty fun. Yeah. No. So, uh, anyway, so back to X23 and Black Vortex chapter 9. That's Legendary Star Lord number 10. Written by Sam Humphreys. Pencils by Paco Medina. Inks by Juan Velasco. Colors by David Curiel. And then colors again by David Curiel. Oh, that's weird. <laughs> <laughs> He's listed twice. V.C.'s uh, Joe Caramagna is the letterer, and then Medina does the cover. And this cover's pretty cool. It's uh, Jurassic Park, Star-Lord, and the Black Vortex, caught in a big chip of amber.
0: Yeah, I actually thoroughly enjoyed not only the colors on this cover, but the art.
1: Yeah, it's pretty cool. All right, so bring us on. What happens, not in the last chapter, but just in the last chapter of this month for Black Vortex?
0: So, um... Knife and Th- Thane, right? Yeah. Okay, so Knife and Thane meet up with the Brute, the Queen of the Brood, and they're like, hey, so we're going to give you this planet.
1: Yeah, uh, Mr. Knife's home planet, where yep. he was the dethroned Emperor, so Spartax.
0: So the ship hovers over the planet. We get some giant colored lights that come down, and uh oh, everybody's encased in amber.
1: Yeah, which looks really cool.
0: It is really cool. And you also kind of wonder, is this a Pompeii thing? Are they live on the inside? Are they, what's going yeah, on? Yeah, you
1: are, you are left to wonder for a minute there.
0: Yeah. And so, of course, Star-Lord realizes Kitty is among the, uh, one of the ones encased in amber. So he gets really upset. There's this... Well, really Jean,
1: like, breaks down because she can hear, everybody is alive, but she can hear all their thoughts. And right. they're all in extreme pain.
0: So, uh... Star-Lord runs over to Kitty, tells her some touching stuff. Yeah,
1: and bears his soul.
0: Yeah, and that's I was wrong. For Kitty to kind of phase herself through the amber. And, of course, she says, shut up, you dumb schmuck, and kiss me.
1: Right. like well, I'll, She goes, I'll bust your balls later about all the stupid things you've done, but right now, just kiss me. That's
0: right. But Kitty tells everybody that Amber's too dense for her to phase other people through it. Yeah,
1: I understand, like, they didn't want to break everybody free because it was bad for the story. But I'm not sure if that really makes sense with their powers.
0: I think it would have been... I think it would have been better if she just said... I think it makes
1: sense, but it's kind of a cop-out.
0: I would have enjoyed, rather, like, her trying to phase people and she gets so weak that she can't.
1: Right, like, there's too many. Like, just saying there's too many people, That's to me, is better. But whatever.
0: Yeah. So... Then Nova shows up and he's like, "We got a problem." I lost the vortex. Yeah, sorry. Then we jump over to Magic and Angel and Beast and Gamora and Rocket. Yeah. And basically, they just kind of have. Magic has brought them all to this planet. Everybody's
1: all back together now, except for our our Moon team of Cyclops, Iceman, and Groot.
0: Right. So they start to have, all the teams start to have disagreements over, you know, hey, you screwed up. No, you screwed up. No, we're here to help. So, because, yeah. Anyway, they hear a giant hissing sound and they go, "Uh oh, this doesn't sound good. And then Mr. Knife basically explains to Thane that for every 10 planets the Brood take over, he gets one. So he's going to be the most powerful man.
1: Right. Yep.
0: And I think Thane kind of realizes Oh crap!
1: <laughs> but then Ebony Ma, who's been Thane's kind of little you know, kind of <laughs> secret advisor of this right. whole time, is like, "Well, you know, that's just more planets we get when we kill Mister Knife." And Thane's like, "Oh." Oh,
0: somehow I don't see that's that working
1: in his favor. None of this is going to work in anybody's favor. No. <laughs>
0: um, so the ship apparently seems to be shooting these little green dart-looking things. Yeah,
1: slimy. So, mean, missiles that are little baby genetically modicated brood yeah. things so you know,
0: star lord catches one and just sort of like freaks out like a little teenage girl and goes <laughs> eek and throws it like away. when i
1: saw that mouse on the shed the other day
0: <laughs> that was hilarious <laughs> we went under the
1: shed and i thought i opened the. we were uh, we had this old shed in the yard that was here before i got here and there's not much, there's really nothing in there I would use. And I was looking for...
0: We haven't opened it in years.
1: I was going to look to see if the, I knew there was a bike in there. And I was going to see if the seat would fit better on my new bike than the one I have. Because the new bike, I love it, but the seat's kind of hard on my butt. So I was going to see if there was a cushion seat on the bike in the shed. And I opened the shed and there's just this overpowering, awful smell. Yeah. So I thought, okay, we got like a raccoon or something, something and died. died in here, and I need to find it and get it out. Well, I start moving some stuff around, and I see something out of the corner of my eye run across the tops of my shoes.
0: <laughs> little, little, tiny field mice. Oh, I didn't
1: know that, but all I said is, they're not all dead! They're not all dead! <laughs> I went and jump out, and of course, my wife and son had a field day at my uh, panicking <laughs> like um, the guy at Home Alone. But-
0: you have to understand first off he was you were wearing shorts yeah with uh like you we were your, working
1: in the yard so i had yeah. my uh running shoes on and shorts
0: no you didn't have your running shoes that's what was hilarious you had like your vans oh like, yeah you just that's sit, right. slid your feet in that's there true. yeah and so as they ran across he starts stomping <laughs> and raising his knees up super high like a, and he's just yelling <laughs> they're not all dead they're not all dead <laughs> i'm <laughs> um, sorry it was hilarious we yeah, laughed at yeah. your expense for quite some time yes and
1: still are yes um, anyway <laughs> anyway so that's how that's how star lord screams yes um and so beast though cosmic beast grabs one of these craters and rips it open and it's like oh they're full of eggs
0: yeah, he goes, I figured it out. They're going to eat their way into these people's skulls, lay their eggs, and these things are going to hatch and explode out of their yep. heads.
1: And this whole planet will belong to the bridge. So everybody's like, oh, we got to stop them. But then the slaughter squad shows up and says, no, we're going to stop you. Ah. Oh, dun, dun, dun. Yeah, and so that's, that's it. So what do you think of the art in this one?
0: I enjoyed it a lot. I love
1: it. I love Paco Medina's art.
0: Yeah, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the story. I kind of enjoyed how Beast sort of was pushed to the edge, but now he's he's basically coming back. Like, okay, I screwed this up, but well, yeah, I, I can still help.
1: He really got messed up when he saw the broken space-time continuum.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, and I, I think he, you know, he does. He truly thinks, I mean, that it is his fault. Right. And, you know, when you think about the gentle fabric of time. Yeah. You You messed up.
1: Yeah, and I thought, you know, we knew that Mr. Knife was really deposed Emperor Jason of the Spartax. thought he was incredibly vile, like, literally turning over his whole planet that he ruled. Like, fine, they don't want me. I'll just kill them all right. and start a new empire. And so he's just just an evil, evil bastard. And um, then, of course, the brood plan, I mean... I mean, the brood are nasty. We've known the egg. As an X-Men fan, I have lots and lots of experience knowing how nasty the brood are. And um, these new little egg creatures are pretty gross looking. <laughs> um, they are. But, but Medina and Drew them pretty sweet. So um, I thought the story overall, I mean, we're kind of reaching not our climax, but kind of like leading up to like our last big battle, it's, yeah. it feels like. Um, I don't remember how many parts this is. I think it's 12. 12? I'm not entirely sure. But anyway, so there's not... I think we're we're moving into our last act, I, I feel like. That's where this story feels like it's going. But I thought it progressed pretty nicely. So when are you going to grade Legendary Star-Lord number 10?
0: I'm going to give it 5 out of 6.
1: I'm also going to give it 5 out of 6, Clause. So uh, last month, you really enjoyed this event overall. You're still feeling pretty yeah, in the swing with it?
0: If we hadn't done as many as we did... I think if we would have stopped halfway, I would have been disenchanted with it. But I feel like it's okay. picked up by now.
1: Yeah, uh, I mean, we did slow down a little bit with some of the individual character books, like the Guardians team up. Really focused heavily on Ronan, and then the Nova book really stayed a Nova book. I mean, yeah. it was part of the event, and there were other characters in it, but it was very, very Nova-centric, which I actually kind of enjoyed. Yeah. I mean, they, they didn't interrupt his series too much. But yeah but overall, still really enjoying the Venice. It's fun and um you know it's Marvel space stuff what what do you want? so I like it well cool well that is our black vortex update
0: update update oh, you want me to sing my song?
1: I don't really care do you want to sing your song?
0: um I have to <laughs> <laughs> I turned it off
1: um, let me see let me look at this let me look at these lyrics yeah, all right
0: I might change it now.
1: I I think we should probably just cut this out.
0: Yeah. (laughs) All right, we're done. Thanks. Uh,
1: I see a vortex and I want it painted black. No colors anymore. I turn into a space sack. I don't don't know.
0: (laughs) No, I was going to see. I look inside myself and see my heart is cosmic black. (laughs) (laughs) I see a vortex and I want it painted black.
1: Oh, man. <laughs> it's going to destroy the universe. You cannot handle the power. <laughs> okay, that's going to do it for episode 122. Uh, we did our Wolverines. We did our Black Vortex, and that's pretty much all we had, really. I mean, for the that most was a part. lot. It was a lot. So our next episode will be a flashback episode. It will be our uh, Secret Wars hangover issue. um, Or episode, I mean. And as far as the um, episodes, um, I'm Actually, I already have that recorded. I'm trying to stay a little bit ahead so we don't have some of the uh, blank space we had in our schedule the last couple of months. So I'm trying to stay ahead of that the best I can. Yeah, so we'll see. Uh, But anyway, uh, please leave an iTunes review if you want. Like the Facebook page. Email us, snickcast at yahoo.com. Twitter is at snickcast. Show notes and stuff are at snickcast.podbean.com. And I guess that's about it. So, um... Until next time, huns and snakes. Bye. Bye.